and welcome to our latest episode of the Your Plate podcast. This is a place where positive psychology meets nutrition for busy parents who often need it the most. I'm Maya, one of your co-hosts, and this is... Hi, I'm Artie. And today we're going to be talking about the subject of supplements. This is something that we get asked about a lot. So it'd be really useful to share some of the generalized insights as well as some of the habits and behaviors um, that might need to support the supplement intake. So that's going to be what we talk about. We'll start off as usual with a few updates. And today we wanted to just do a few of our health and fitness updates, see where we both are in terms of our exercise schedules and that type of thing. How's it going for you, RT? Yes, so I usually have a really good morning routine and I try to do at least half an hour if I can, Monday to Friday, of some sort of exercise, a walk or doing some stretching in the morning. Um, But we are down a pair of hands at the moment and have been for the last six weeks. So it's been a bit more ad hoc. So I'm trying to maybe get a a walk in after the kids have gone to bed or maybe do sort of rather than my kind of scheduled half an hour, trying to do 10 minutes of stretching, just trying to squeeze it in. So I don't feel like I'm on track with my fitness schedule, but I feel like something's better than nothing. So that's where I'm um, with that. How are things going with you, with your fitness and... Yeah, well, first of all, that sounds brilliant, right? Because the whole point of what we do with your plate is talk about when, you know, things are busier and things are a bit over the edge, what can you still make work? So it sounds like despite, you know, not not your optimal... Uh, settings, you're still making time for some exercise and and stretching and the things that you know are good for your body. So that sounds really good. Um, In terms of me, I recently have been working with a trainer again, which has been amazing because I'm hypermobile. So I really, really, so she said to me, what are your goals? And obviously, if you've listened to previous podcasts, you know, I've got a whole perspective on goals. But I said to her, my main, my main goal is to not get injured because I am at risk being hypermobile of injury. So I've had shoulder, hip, um, other things that are a result of being hypermobile. So I'm really excited now because she's working on my traps, um, which are part of your core. um, And she's also trained as a Pilates instructor. So we're doing a lot of Pilates work, but we're doing, you know, individualized work. And I think with Pilates, when you just turn up to a class, you really do not get the whole system involved, you know, the breathing and how they are breathing is actually strength for your core, like breathing properly strengthens your core. So, so I've been learning a lot and I'm really enjoying that. And I'm feeling a lot less tight in my shoulders because my trap my trap muscles are stronger so I'm enjoying that trying to do um, some running using the um, couch to 10k app which I've been doing for about six weeks Um, and it's going well I have to say uh, in the heat I haven't I've swapped it for swimming Um, so it's maybe gone a gone a bit off but I'm Mm. I'm determined to keep it keep on with it yeah Mike can you say the name of that app again sorry it's the couch to 10k so I initially started training with my neighbor on that Um, Mm. she's then doing cycling instead but I've just stuck to this app and it is amazing because every week it slowly increases your running and so it's purely interval training so initially you're, you're you're rotating walking with running you know and in the over time it increases the amount you run but what I've really enjoyed about the app is that when I do run um for the running segments I go a bit harder and faster than if I was just doing a slow consistent jog um so I feel that it's helping me to get a decent pace um mm. with, with the running I think my walking segments are a bit too slow, but hey, the point is that I've actually stuck with it. And so I'm quite happy about that. So that's kind of where I am uh, on health and fitness. Um, 
so those are some updates from us. Now let's dive into the main segment, which is around supplements. And this is something that comes up a lot in terms of, you know, what are the general things we should be thinking about? And then obviously there's a personalized element based on your needs. And Arati will talk a little bit about that. So what would you say are some of the general guidelines that you sometimes think people are not fully aware of? Yeah, sure. Arati? Well, I thought I would just start with um, sort of how the... The population as a whole, 65% of us are taking um, some form of kind of a multivitamin supplement or maybe a vitamin D or something. So that's quite a high proportion. So, you know, lots of us are using supplements. And in my clinic, um, a lot of people take multivitamins as a bit of a kind of a dietary top up. You know, if, if they feel like they're maybe not eating that well, um, they feel it can maybe plug some of the gaps of some of the nutrients, which is okay. But obviously, from a personalized healthcare um, angle, ideally, you want to be taking kind of the key essential nutrients that you might be missing. So the key nutrients that um, Public Health England um, are advising us to supplement on is vitamin D. So Public Health England two years ago has advised all British people to be taking a vitamin D supplement, 10 micrograms, um, from October to March inclusive. So that's a good, what, seven, six, seven months. And um, it's because there is at the moment a chronic vitamin D deficiency amongst the population. Now, if you're darker skinned, so South Asian um, or um, kind of African skinned, they're actually advising you to take vitamin D all year round. Um, and actually, you know, I do say it's Public Health England and you would think that message has gone out loud and clear. But actually, I have to say the majority of the people that we're seeing in the clinics um, are, are not aware of this. So actually, vitamin D is a really critical um, supplement for everyone to be taking, including children. So that's infants above the age of one. And the dosage is a little bit lower. But you can buy some specific children's vitamin D supplements for children. So vitamin D is the biggie. Yeah, and Arti, you recommended me a lovely one and my kids sort of remind me um, to that they want it because it tastes delicious. And I have to say, sometimes I do spray it for myself as well, just because it's easy to do it all in one go. And right now we've kind of run out stroke, lost it. And I was just thinking that maybe we could get away because it is summer and stuff with not using it. But from what you're saying, given that we are Asian, darker skinned, should I top up quickly and get my new order in? Yeah, I think it'd be advisable to be taking them. However, you know, if you're out and about and you're exposed because the, the vitamin D, the, the important thing is that you're absor you're um, exposing your skin to the sunlight. Mm. So if you, you know, and I mean, I'm talking about exposing it even with sun cream and stuff, that's fine. So if you are out and about and you are getting a fair amount of exposure to sunlight, you could probably get away with it in these hotter months, July, August. But I would say it's kind of come September, ideally, I would kind of get those, get the mm. vitamin D spray back in. And the one that you're referring to is Better You, mm. which is a brand that I absolutely love. So they've got an infant one for younger children from, I think it's up until the age of two or three. Then they've got their junior vitamin D with a slightly higher dosage. And then they've got the adult one. So um, the uh, dosage is accorded, you know, is, is very good. And, and actually it's very, you know, it's, there's no issue with tasting it. Kids can spray it in their mouth themselves so it's quite nice they can get get involved um and sort of just backtracking a bit vitamin d is really critical for so much of our health and well-being um really critical for our cell function our bone health muscle health um teeth as well so really really important so definitely you know you know I think vitamin D is critical and I think it's really important that we get the message out there for our listeners. Mm. Um, another really important supplement and is and a supplement that's sadly often misused is iron. 
because we often associate, so people think, right, I'm feeling tired or maybe I'm low in iron. People then go and buy, you know, my clients often go out and buy um, iron supplements without over the counter without actually having their iron levels tested. And that's not necessarily safe because if you are taking extra iron when you don't need it, it can be quite toxic on the body. So I would advise, you know, if you do, and often if you are feeling tired, it's probably not just iron. There's probably lots of other factors that are contributing to your tiredness. So that's just a particular one that I wanted to raise because, I, you know, I often do hear that and there is that link made between tiredness and lack of iron. But please do get your levels tested before you start supplementing with iron um, yourself. Well, I mean, there's adverts for it, like like Floridix or whatever, and it's like feeling tired. Okay, we'll have this supplement. Yes, so, so um, Floridix, what do you think Floridix about that? is not so bad because Floridix is not just iron. Floridix is iron with a whole host of other um, uh, vitamins and minerals. So the dosage of iron isn't like excessively high so actually that's probably where a lot of it comes from doesn't it the association of from the advertising yeah from the marketing um so that'd be okay but you know the higher single iron supplement dosage which is often quite high um i think it's just important that people are aware that you know please don't just kind of self-supplement things especially you know iron's one of the the particular ones for safety um another really uh critical and important nutrient is b12 Uh, particularly if you're vegetarian, especially if you're vegan. Uh, B12 is mainly found in animal food sources. And obviously, if you're vegan, you are not eating anything. um, You know, you're eating no forms of animals, so no milk, no dairy, no meat, no fish, no eggs. So um, if you are moving towards a vegan diet, I would, I highly recommend that you start supplementing with B12. Better You do a really nice B12 supplement spray, which is great. And there, um, th- then you also have the option of taking a multivitamin as well, which has uh, a B12 as well. So B12 is another really critical uh, supplement, particularly for energy metabolism. Uh, so that's my other one. So we've done vitamin D, iron, B12. And another supplement, and actually, Maya, we've spoken about this a lot, is um, probiotics. Mm. So probiotics, you know, we've got lots of probiotics on the market, some good and some not so good. So by the not so good ones, I would be kind of talking about the drinks, the ones that you can buy in the supermarket. Yeah, the kind of the supermarket um, brands, which are number one, won't have a very good quality um, live bacteria in them. And also they're often quite a lot of sugar. Uh, but backtracking a bit, so probiotics—the reason that they are gaining so much, are gaining so much um, attention and are so popular—is because they are so beneficial for our gut health. And obviously, there is a lot of uh, focus now on improving our gut health. And so, what probiotics are doing are boosting your gut health with lots of diverse bacteria. And um, I had a question yeah, about and if that. You, no, just if you want to hear more about that, we've got a whole podcast on gut health and that's we do talk about the difference between prebiotics and probiotics and how they can help. Excellent. Yeah, that's true. So um, in terms of probiotics, if my clients have taken um, antibiotics um, in the past um, or if they are currently taking antibiotics, I often will recommend, I always recommend, should I say, that they take a do- dose of probiotics during um, the, their course of antibiotics and also for four weeks afterwards to repopulate their gut bacteria. Um, so probiotics are in particular really good for boosting your immune system, 
And uh, the probiotics that I particularly, the brands that I particularly like are Biocult, which are widely available in all health food stores and boots. So Biocult's a really good one. And then there are a few more specialist, slightly more expensive brands. And the reason that they are a bit more expensive um, is because the, the, the number of microorganisms and the number of live bacteria in those um, supplements are higher. And so that's why you're paying a bit more for them are brands like BioCare, which are a bit more specialist. You'd probably find them in more sort of independent health shops. Um, BioCare is an excellent one. And I really love OptiBac as well. And they're pretty they're, they're quite widely available to except I don't believe they are in boots as far as I know, because I haven't seen them there. So OptiBac are great. The particular ones that I recommend in my clinic, especially for families, are OptiBac for kids. And that's a sachet that you can put on top of um, your children's breakfast cereal. So that's a lovely one, um, a lovely probiotic for children. If they're having cereal for breakfast. If they are having cereal for breakfast. Um, so that's a good one. So those are sort of my key probiotics. Um, so I've covered sort of the four yeah. key areas of supplements. And I guess it would just be interesting now to think about the practicalities because we always want to encourage the, the sort of the habit forming and making this, you know, sort of a, a viable system for people. Um, so what what do you recommend around, you know, when people should take these and how to encourage, I think you, you described it as compliance, like actually, you know, taking enough of these on, on a weekly basis for it to be worth it. So can I skip a day? How does it work? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I have to be honest, compliance with supplements tends to be a, a little bit mixed. Um, I think the, the, the easiest way to remember to take your supplements is to take them in the morning. And one of the ways of doing that is to actually have them not in a, if they're in a drawer, you're likely to forget them. So either you have them at your desk at work, if that's where you eat breakfast, or keep them in a little tub um, where they are on a counter in your kitchen so you can see them. Because if you see them, you're more likely to take them. Mm. Um, and I think those would be kind of my two key tips. The other thing with your supplements is ideally you want to be taking them with food because the fat-soluble vitamins are absorbed a lot better with food. Um, and if you are drinking, if you are taking an iron supplement, ideally you want to be taking that half an hour to an hour away from caffeine because caffeine does um, d sort of reduce the absorption of iron. Mm. Um, so there, there might be a little bit more kind of ha kind of having to think about that if you are having yeah. So for example, myself, like I often have tea with my breakfast. So shouldn't I be thinking more about lunchtime? for my supplements yeah, I don't have or, tea with my yeah, lunch yeah lunch would be okay um, lunch is okay if that works for you I think again this is quite a personalised thing isn't it like when is it when are you mo most likely well I guess and that's what I'm curious about are there any health or scientific benefits around when you take it in the day like that they're more you know uh, the efficacy is stronger or whatever yeah, there are no or, real yeah no, there are no more real about study. having a good habit around yeah, it there's and no real avoiding about it yeah I okay. would probably avoid night time I'd probably avoid having them with dinner or kind of after three four o'clock just because your digestion is starting to slow down then so oh. potentially this is just me kind of hypothesizing a little bit okay um i can imagine that maybe the absorption is not going to be as good okay. as it is in the morning when you know your kind of your systems are fired up um so yeah i would say okay. sort of morning you know morning or mid-morning with you know if you're having a mid-morning snack you can have them then or at lunchtime. I think having them, uh, you know, in the office is not a bad thing either, because if there is a morning rush and that's not happening, then having them at your desk at work can be an easy way 
uh, to remember as well. And what, what would you say is a good amount that people take per week? Like if they remember five out of seven times a week, is that good? <laughs> All right, you're pushing me here. I mean, you know, more often than not. So yes, you know, seven, you know, four or five times. Obviously, you know, hopefully if you're supplementing really every day. Yes. But, um, you know, you can I pat think- yourself on the back if you're taking them. Four to five times a week. Yes. Yeah, I think we just need to be realistic, you know, yeah. because otherwise what happens is people really then fall off. And whereas, you know, I'm always looking for busy people, you know, when you're in your stressed out, busy weeks, what's what's a good norm? What's a good system where you're take, you know, it's, it's not perfect, but it's good enough and you can still feel like you're on track. You don't give up with the system, etc. So that's the kind of thing I was looking yeah, for. Definitely. And, OK. And the other thing, I suppose, you know, a really important thing I must add um, whilst we're doing this podcast and supplements is that actually, you know, nothing is going to to be eating, you know, a really varied, balanced, diverse diet full of whole grains, you know, complex carbohydrates, good quality sources of protein, getting your good fats in there. You know, you can't really out, you can't sort of supplement for a bad diet. But what we can do is think about, obviously, all the key supplements I've mentioned, the vitamin Mm. D, the I and the probiotics. Um, but really the focus needs to needs to be on getting as much goodness as we can out of the food that we're eating. Because the thing we have to remember is that, you know, the um, the vitamin C that you're going to get from a tablet versus from, you know, a fresh piece of produce from that fresh produce, you're going to get all the other goodness from there, not just the vitamin C. You're going to have the fiber, the phytochemicals and all those you know, wonderful things that only nature can produce. Um, so, you know, okay. just bearing that in mind is that, important. That, yeah, that's really interesting. And you and I have also had a conversation where I've said to you, you know, you know why, why, if you're having a perfect diet, why would you even need supplements? And you, I remember you had some good sort of responses to that, you know, and I was saying like, you know, did the cavemen didn't have uh, supplements, so... Yeah, I mean, there's been some studies to show that obviously with... In- not obviously, but with kind of intensive farming and... Um, scientists doing very clever things and you know crossbreeding different vegetables they are not necessarily crossbreeding them and creating these vegetables for nutrition it's for flavor and often that can compromise the nutrition uh, element of food so intensive farming is showing that certain fruits and vegetables have a lower content of certain nutrients that's not to say that we should be not not be eating them but there is some evidence showing that intensive farming the use of pesticides fertilizers is reducing the nutrient nutrient density in our fresh produce so potentially there is an argument that topping up with supplements may be needed but I wouldn't say that that's the number one reason for taking supplements mm. um you know it's just that's just a consideration potentially and also a, a way of responding to the challenge of you know it's you know natural is best or you know natural yes. diet alone is best so okay that's great thank you so much Arati I think that's given a really good overview of how we should be approaching supplements but I know you've also said that obviously you practice personalized nutrition and so when it comes to then the vagaries of each individual and their needs that that's when you would be looking at you know a full you would be doing detailed health questionnaires and then figuring out what specific supplements they would need you know uh, in conjunction with that you you look at people's history and things like that don't you yeah definitely so um before um, before I recommend a supplement plan to any of my clients, obviously I'm analysing in detail their diet, their lifestyle, any particular health sy- sy- symptoms or concerns that may need to be dealt with. So, um, yes, supplementation should, you know, in, in my opinion, be a very personalised approach. Um, 
once you've got the basics yeah, of like the you, probiotics yeah, and the yes, vitamin D. Yeah, to, exactly. And um, I mean, maybe it might be interesting for me to share with the listeners what I sort of what, mm. what I do. Um, so I do take vitamin D. I take the Better You spray. And I'm relatively consistent. Again, like you, actually, I've run out. Um, <laughs> and I've probably probably run out for a good six weeks, actually. So that's on my to-do list to order them. <laughs> um, so, yes, I take the vitamin D Better You spray. I really like that. Um, during the winter period, sort of November, December, January time, I try to get some probiotics in there just to boost our immunity. And that's across the family. Um, I get the kids on the probiotics as well. And um, another one that I like quite specific to me is um, magne- I use a magnesium, it's from Better You, it's a magnesium spray, which I spray in the skin. And that's because I get quite achy muscles and joints after exercise. So magnesium is very good for muscle recovery and repair. So that's something specific to me that I use. And I mm. have found that quite helpful. And it's also, you know, quite good for your skin condition as well. Um so those are sort of my three things. And I, you know, being a nutritional therapist, I do sometimes experiment with things. I get samples of different products. So I will try different things, <laughs> but that's just more of a personal experiment on myself. But those are probably my three go-to. And from time to time, I will um, take uh, an all-encompassing multivitamin as well. Uh, but again, you know, that is quite, I, I have to be very honest, I'm human as well. My compliance is not often great with the multivitamins. Um yeah, so I, I, I have some work to do on that front as well. <laughs> <laughs> Great, that's fantastic. Thank you, Arthi. Um, I think that's that's a really good overview of, of the sorts of things we can be doing. And we, we, we will follow up with some specifics in another podcast about kid supplements um both the you know good options for it but also some of the challenges so for example i've had some challenges with the omega uh, supplements and so we will get into a bit more detail around the kid ones in a, in a future episode so now we're going to move on to our loves of the week um and i'm going to start to arthi have you got your love of the week ready Yes, I do. Yep. I am loving at the moment um, my nut butters. So I used to love the almond butter, but I have recently purchased some cashew butter mm. and they are they, they taste delicious on some whole grain rice cakes. So that's quite a nice little snack that I've been indulging in recently. Oh, great. Oh, what about your love of the week, Maya? Uh, so, yes, yeah, so mine is um, kids summer related. So on one of the podcasts that I love, which is called The Lazy Genius, um, recommend listening to that um, if you're interested in sort of tips around how to manage certain periods of the year, such as summer, for example. And um, she she recommended that, you know, for for kids having bubbles, uh, chalks, sprinklers and popsicles it's american but you know ice lollies um you know that's your little summer kit and i really love that because then i just make sure i've got those and so we're really enjoying summer in the garden and they've got their chalks and they like use the chalks on the patio and we've always got the bubbles and we actually make lollies as well and my little one really enjoys some quite healthy lollies they're pretty healthy um so so i'm kind of enjoying my little summer set that's my love of the week So thank you so much for listening to us and we will be back soon. Thank you.